The RTE Running Podcast with Brian O'Connell. Hello and welcome back to The Running Podcast with me, Brian O'Connell. Hope you're all well. Hope you had a good week running. Maybe it was your first time putting on the runners and uh, you tried your first run. Don't leave it too long before you get back out there again. That would be my advice. <laughs> it's tough. I know it's tough on the on the early mornings. Uh, it's a bit colder uh, the last week or so. Uh, Mary Jennings had given good advice in, in our first podcast where she was saying layer up as much as you can, get as comfortable as you can at the start. Uh, maybe do a few loops so that you can you can take off the gloves or the hat or the snood or whatever it is you're wearing uh, as you loop back around. I think that's pretty good advice. Uh, we went out early on Sunday morning with our with our long run group. We started at half seven again. 22 miles we did. It's our longest run to date. I have to say it went really well. We did two miles um, a little bit slower than marathon pace and then two miles at marathon pace. We did that five times and we threw on two miles at the end turning 20 miles 19 miles i think it's as strong as i felt uh so hopefully the slow miles are working and maybe having had a shorter marathon training block this time around it's actually suited me so there you go that's that's uh what have we got seven weeks to go to this marathon we're doing so hopefully it bodes well this week i have a bit of a varied podcast first up high performance endurance coach based in qatar that's steve macklin He's had a really interesting career. He coached here in Ireland. He moved to the Middle East and he's working at a really high level with an elite group of athletes. But he's got a lot to say as well on how all of us can improve our time. So Steve Macklin is is the first person I'm going to chat to on the podcast. And then yesterday I happened to be in Mountjoy Prison where I was doing some work for the day job. And while I was in there, the governor, Eddie Mullins, who I've spoken to before, told me a bit about a park run that he started in Mount Joy. Uh, I think it was just before COVID. So it's inside the walls and prisoners do seven laps. And there's a number of people invited in on a Saturday morning from outside. Uh, Generally, it's a running club. So there'll be maybe up to 10, I think, are invited in. And they run alongside prisoners and they all have a cup of tea and a chat afterwards. So I chatted to Eddie Mullins about the benefits of having what must be uh, one of the most unique park runs you'll find inside the walls of Mount Joy. It's every Saturday morning at half nine. And then I chatted to one prisoner who has taken up running since he became a prisoner in Mount Joy. A little bit different, but while I was in there yesterday, I thought, look, it's too good an opportunity not to have a chat with people about running while I was in Mount Joy. They have treadmills and they are able to run laps of the exercise yards. So that's how they get their get their runs in. So that's this week. So as I said, first up, we have Steve Macklin, high performance endurance coach, currently based in Qatar. And I began by asking Steve how he first got involved in running. The RTE Running Podcast. I got involved in endurance running when I was about 13, 14 years of age in, uh, in Cork in my secondary school kind of fell in love with the sport and then I started coaching I think uh, it was my first week in university literally so I started coaching at 19 years old and almost 23 years later now I'm um, I'm I'm still coaching so I guess it it progressed from 
doing a commerce degree in UCC to ended up working for the Irish Athletics Federation in, in a few different roles. And then um, I guess moving to Qatar in, in 2018. So I was in Qatar for uh, for four years as head endurance coach there. And uh, I've just recently moved to Dubai where I'm doing some coaching in um, triathlon and endurance running. So, And obviously you've had experience coaching in Ireland for quite a while and then coaching in the middle east so what's different Stephen? like are are they doing things in qatar and in dubai that we should be doing here yeah i guess the big thing that i've seen in my time in the middle east and in, in qatar is one uh we had uh we had a setup where all the athletes and all the performance service personnel and all the coaches were in one place in one location daily and seeing each other twice a day um, so you have the, some of the best sports professionals from around the world in biomechanics, sports psychology, SNC, physiology, coaching. And then you you have this group of athletes and you're there. You're literally meeting them twice a day. So you're spending about four hours a day with, with them day in, day out uh, for, for the whole year. And that's probably the biggest difference. So you have this expertise, but you have this yeah, time in the ground with the athletes where you're spending with so much time with them. They almost they become like your family, you know. And uh, and those cultural differences and how they approached running are are they stark compared to say European runners? These guys, there's there's obviously natural athletic talent there. You know, when you do some testing with them, etc. In the lab, there's there is talent there. The biggest probably issue from a cultural point of view that impacted their running was actually their recovery. So there's a late night culture in the Middle East where, you know, people can be eating very late at night or they don't go to sleep till one or two o'clock in the morning. They also have a they have prayer where they they pray a number of times during the day and they get up, you know, early at 5 a.m. to pray. So. It, there was a big impact on sleep and we did a lot of work with them in terms of trying to improve sleep and uh, their whole recovery and nutrition. Those were the two huge areas where there's like glaring differences from, we'll say, back uh, back in Europe. What's the biggest lesson you've learned in your coaching career in terms of trying to improve an athlete? I guess a couple of the biggest things are often we need to slow down to to athletes need to slow down to run faster you know we often think that intensity and hitting harder workouts is the the key to improvement but often it's the opposite we need most athletes um outside if we we talk about the the sub elite they just need to spend more time running and they also need to be probably the thing you see is consistency. So people do little blocks, maybe they do a number of weeks, 12 weeks, 16 weeks, and then they leave it slide for a while and you lose this fitness and then you're kind of up and down. Or maybe there's this this peaks and troughs with injury as well. So consistency over long periods of time is the is the magic formula. And then it's just how you go about that. And obviously people have... Uh, stuff going on in their lives that you know you have kids there's um you have work college etc so everybody has different scenarios so it, but it's just trying to find a formula that that works for you that will help you just be ultra consistent but an athlete if they spend 12 months they'll be a totally different athlete than they were that previous 12 months um if they've been consistent and just doing solid uh solid work Really interesting because I think even for myself or for people I would know, I notice with this marathon training block we're we're doing Rotterdam, 
our long runs are a lot slower. We're, well, maybe 20, 30 seconds slower. So we've all sort of bought into this idea that it's time in our feet. And then the track sessions are obviously harder, I guess, because we have it in our legs, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I listened to a previous podcast. Um, it was Patrick was talking about the the strength and conditioning side. That's something as well that's I guess I've come across in my career that I feel is very important. So uh, if you're running, I still, a marathon, I still haven't done a strength and conditioning session. Sorry, Patrick. <laughs> you you know what? When you when you finish this marathon, don't start between now and then. It's probably not a good idea. But afterwards, when you're kind of getting back, you have some recovery. It's worthwhile dabble in it and uh, and get into it because if you think about the marathon you can have the fitness side nailed and you can have maybe the nutrition side nailed but uh, invariably the body starts to break down there's a lot of muscle damage and a lot of fatigue and this is where snc can really uh, come in and work very well and it can uh, I, I guess it can help uh, lessen that as you're always going to have uh, some of it in, in a yeah. marathon Two other things I wanted to ask you about. One was I read a really interesting study. Um, it was a report in the Washington Post in relation to the carbon runners. Definitely, I think uh, faster runners probably get more benefits and they're, they're, they probably they work very well for faster type running. But equally, I think a lot of people are are finding that you feel like you have less soreness and fatigue potentially in the in in your legs as well by using them so if you use them for a longer run over maybe using normal runners you you probably feel a difference and a lot of people uh, a lot of people feel that way so i i think that there could be potentially a benefit from from that point of view in terms of real gains in speed it's it's probably more it's probably less of course than a than an elite i mean i was at a half marathon yesterday here in in dubai it's a big one it's the the rack half marathon and you have a lot of kenyans and ethiopians here and uh, i mean the first kilometer was 240 and uh, they went through 5k in 1340 and wow uh, the first two guys were 58 minutes and i i watched them. i mean you know the the benefits these guys get with with the shoes, of course, is is going to be a lot more. Um, but I do think uh, in terms of that kind of muscle fatigue and maybe the soreness you get, they they can they can help uh, everybody. Biomechanics come into play as well. I think it depends on someone's biomechanics and and how they run. Some people kind of maybe glide across the ground and, and or scrape the ground even, and some people uh, really lift and um so yeah biomechanics comes into play too individually the other thing i was going to ask you about is uh fueling during a race what what are you kind of recommending to people or what's been what's what's the cutting edge if you like of technology at the moment yeah so i guess when you look at a marathon now um the old school of thought is uh maybe you should only take in you know this 40 to 60 grams of carbohydrates per hour but now when you look at, especially we've seen in the triathlon world, there's uh, a lot of triathletes taking upwards of 80, 90, 100 grams per hour. And that's even running. And some of them even on the bike, when they're in the bike leg of, say, an Ironman, they're taking 120, 130, even up to 140 grams of carbohydrates, which is a lot. Now, obviously, on the bike, you can take a lot more um, because you don't have the impact of running, etc. But uh, on the run side, there's definitely evidence that you can you can take uh, you know 60, 70 to to 100 grams in that 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 region, and 
again, it's something that should be practiced. It's not something that you should uh, just try on race day. You should practice it in the longer runs and some of the, the key specific workouts and find out what works for you. For the, someone who's looking at trying to break 20 minutes in their 5K or someone who wants to break four hours in a marathon for the first time, what would you be suggesting to them? Obviously, the consistency and and don't overdo it, maybe? Yeah, I mean, first of all, like if you... In endurance running, no matter what individual is, is standing in front of a coach, the you've always are guided by the principles, and they're the the first kind of two key principles of to improve as an endurance athlete are patience and consistency. You know, be patient. Don't always feel like you have to push, push, push. You know, be able to do the easy days easy and the harder days harder. Try and keep consistent. Stay healthy, look after your recovery, your sleep, nutrition, and stay injury free. Those are things that are going to help you stay consistent as well with your with your training. Variety is key. So a variety of different paces in training. So you need some easy stuff, some steady state stuff, some faster stuff. It's not good just to do uh, one or the other. Um, you need to run in a variety of different surfaces always a good idea too that's uh, good for injury prevention so running trails running the forest running grass do some on the road do some on the track so mix the variety of surfaces is a is a good idea also run in different places if you think about it uh, psychologically run in different loops you know different different scenery go to a forest uh, go run by the sea just run in different places too because that that, that gives a little bit of energy to it and it's a, a change of scene um i guess uh, those are the biggest things and then probably the most important of all is go find a coach uh, find a coach at a, cl- a local club or somewhere that can kind of uh, look at you as an individual and and figure out what is the the best plan of action to help you improve and direct you towards whatever your goals are um and and a group too is is great sometimes for especially for harder workouts or longer runs um so uh, uh, sourcing a club and and a group is a, is a, is a good idea i think you're at mile 19 and you're out on your own and that just becomes far more of a, a slog it's nice to have some people but then equally i think it's good for runners too to do some maybe short or easy runs, et cetera, on their own because it's kind of quite therapeutic sometimes to just go out on your own. Maybe you listen to a podcast, the RT running podcast, or <laughs> maybe, you, uh, maybe you just want to switch off in technology and just go run yourself. And, yeah. and I think that peace and quiet too is 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 nice. The RTE Running Podcast. So that was Steve Macklin and you'll, you'll get him on Twitter and he's he's one to watch. It's really been really interesting following his career from Cork to the Middle East. But he's certainly working at a really elite level and he's working in an environment in the Middle East where athletics is really well, really well funded and prioritized. So the best of luck to him. Now, as I said, a bit of a, a bit of a deviation. I was in Mount Joy prison this week looking at mental health supports in the prison they have a mental health awareness week this week and i took the opportunity to speak with governor eddie mullins and with a prisoner about running in prison because as i said at the outset eddie mullins had started up what must be one of the most unique park runs in ireland or anywhere when he began a park run every saturday morning at half nine inside the walls of mount joy so a select number of prisoners and a number of people from outside the prison are invited in. They all run a park run at half nine. 
And I suppose it's all in an effort to promote physical activity, to promote good mental health, to get prisoners into a structure they, that they mightn't have had before. And Eddie himself is, is someone who runs, so it, it seemed a good fit for him to introduce what he does uh, into his role as governor of Mountjoy, which is a very difficult role, obviously quite a challenging environment at times. So we were chatting in, in the chapel, which is in the progression unit, which was the old St. Pat's. So I think there's about 170 prisoners in this unit to get a certain amount of freedom that you don't get in the main prison. They can walk around. They don't have to be escorted everywhere. They would be engaged in a lot of programs. I did hear from a prisoner and about his running journey, having taken up running in prison. But first, let's start with Mountjoy Governor Eddie Mullins. Mountjoy, very unique prison. You're sitting in the Progression Unit Church. And I suppose, like every church now in Ireland, we use it for everything. So we use it for conferences, we use it for training and obviously worship then at the weekend and Sundays. So tell me about the park run. What's be the most unique park run in Ireland? Well, you know, it, I think it is, yeah. And we're very proud of the park run. We introduced it back before COVID, maybe a year or so before COVID. I suppose initially it started with, it was a run for prisoners uh, every Saturday morning, half nine. And then we saw an opportunity to start bringing people in from the community. So we have probably... 20, 25 people every weekend come in to run with the prisoners. Uh, inside the walls. Inside the walls. So it's seven and a half laps inside the walls. I won't tell you too much for security reasons. <laughs> I'm only joking. Um, it is, uh, it is uh, yeah, it is, uh, it's, it, I suppose it's a boring enough route because it's seven and a half laps. But at the same time, it's quite unique. You're running alongside the wall. There's a high wall on your left-hand side as you run all the way around the prison. Um, there's a bit of an incline in it, so it's, it, it, it's probably not the most challenging park run, but at the same time, it'll, it'll put you to your limits, you know? And the idea for this, Eddie, it's obviously, I mean, fitness, there's a huge emphasis on fitness, and I know from being in prisons around the country, the gyms are really well used. Yeah, yeah and I suppose it's just another addition to... What's on offer in relation to fitness? Gym's big, big thing in prison, you know. Uh, weightlifting, resistance training is probably the most popular training in prison. But there's a big emphasis on, we'll say, uh, cardiovascular fitness. And, and that really falls, in, the park run falls into that category. Very competitive run. Like, in the community, it'd be less competitive than it would be in the prison. So, for example, some of our prisoners who are are uh, you know seasoned park runners always want to win so they always want to beat the competition so if we have people in from a running club in the community the objective of the prisoner is to come in first you know and that creates a good bit of a, a buzz and an energy about it too you know what's the Mountjoy prisoner park run record um i think our guy who's no longer with us uh did it in about 17 minutes yeah and and this guy actually you know it really it it epitomizes fitness and the impact it has because this guy was a chronic drug user, had a lot of chaos in his life, in prison for a long time, and found something that really appealed to him. And the park run is that. And his objective was to improve and improve and improve. And I'm nearly sure seven and a half minutes, he keeps floating. He used to keep taunting me with that because I was about 10 minutes behind him. <laughs> but he, uh, yeah, so um, it's very significant. Outside of the Saturday morning, where prisoners have an opportunity to run not on the the route no so uh, generally uh, training is confined to gyms so you are treadmills and that kind of thing yeah so we don't and exercise yards of course so you'll see if you go to the exercise yard you'll see lads doing laps and laps and laps of the exercise yard and that's kind of that's like sprinting really to you know to build up that bit of resistance but the run itself is once a week on a saturday morning what does it give the prisoners 
There's so many benefits to it. Like, you know, on a simple level, fitness, okay, so a guy gets an opportunity to run and improve his time. But I think the, the biggest benefit I've always seen is the opportunity to meet other people um, and to have a conversation. So after every park run, for example, we have a cup of tea, a cup of coffee, um, and half an hour, 45 minutes of a chat with people coming in from the community. And I don't think I've ever met somebody left the prison who said to me, my God, I can't believe that. Are they totally expected something different so even their impression of the prisoners and then the opportunity for the prisoner to have a chat with somebody from the community and it's never about we never have a conversation about the crime or it's about running it's about maybe do you find those runners good you know the simple stuff but it it does put a human uh, it certainly um, humanizes the uh, the individuals and look it's it, you know even the whole idea you know it's very important when we talk about prisoners and 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 uh, we'll say um, facilities and like initiatives of prisoners, not to forget that they're in for a crime. And the guys themselves don't try to under or minimise that they're in sometimes for very serious crimes. And it, it is an element that you can never get away from. You know, there are victims in the community who will always be struggling because of their behaviour. But at the same time, it's important that when we have people in prison that we try a variety of, uh, I suppose, initiatives to try and help them because they will eventually be released. And like if somebody goes out and their running is now their passion, think of what they can do when they go back into the community community park runs but even running clubs even training other people to run there's just so much opportunities it gives a structure to it does yeah. it does and that's often what's out. missing with people when they end up in prison is this or before they've ended up in prison is that they've no structure to their life so they drift along so what about you you've won marathon done you were telling me just over the four hour mark will you look at another one I've always said I want to do one more marathon um, um, to get under the four hours if possible and again it was like you know that that um, I mean it, it is a punishing schedule to train for a marathon but at the same time it's extremely satisfying well I think it's extremely satisfying and the sense of achievement I can remember and it's a good few years now since I did the marathon but I remember coming around College Green and my kids were there and I'd be a big whinge bag anyway at the best of times and I'm running around looking at them running that couple of hundred yards at me at College Green and like it's just the memories that you'll never forget so yeah I'd like to think there's one more in me before I'm pushing up daisies. <laughs> So that's Eddie Mullins. Let's hope he, he gets he gets to run a marathon. Um, he was telling me he's he's got quite a few years years done the prison service, so he's not too far off retirement. So no excuse then when you retire not to take on another marathon, try and dip under under the four hour market. So that was Eddie Mullins, Governor of Mountjoy. Now, as I said, I did manage to have a quick chat uh, with one prisoner um, who we won't identify, serving quite a lengthy sentence. He's in the progression unit uh, in Mountjoy at the moment. And he is someone who played sports when he was younger, but never ran, never took part in a race until he found himself in Mountjoy and he took up running. He was encouraged to do so uh, by another prisoner. So he is now a veteran park runner. Tell us a bit about yourself and the running. So how did you get into it? Um, Just from, from one of the lads that are, are doing it who... who basically pull you along and say come on get involved it's it's very good had you been a runner before you come in here no never no, never never ran as in like a race such so i'd re- obviously played a bit of sport gaa and that but uh, no this was my introduction to running so you did so it's five k's on the, on a saturday morning yeah yeah five k yeah happening on a saturday morning yeah and it's um it's tough because it's 
if you do the course here, it's not like a, a nice park. It's up and down and left and right, and there's, there's a lot of uh, like a wind tunnel effect in it. So, yeah, it's a it's an interesting course. And then outside of the Saturday morning, are you able to get access to a treadmill? Yeah, there's a treadmill in the gym. Yeah, we have a, there's two treadmills actually in the gym, and um, if you want, there's a yard as well. It's a small enough yard, but you can run just laps of the yard or whatever for. for during the week fitness kind of. So tell us about your first park run then, what was the time? Oh, it's the first one, I think it was 30, 31, 32 minutes um, and I remember it well, it was tough, very, very tough. The, the weather wasn't great and it was very tough, but uh, they, they get easier. How many have you done? Um, I'm up to about 25 at the moment. Are you? Yeah, 25 and then uh, I was injured for a while so I was volunteering in, in those weeks, um, so yeah, I've been doing it for a while. Now. What do you find that's given you running every week? I suppose a bit, a bit of direction in it, in it. Like it's, it's something you'll do for the rest of your life. I know I will anyway. I'll, I'll never stop. It's a community. It's, it's, it's positivity. It's, it's something week on week to look forward to and to aim for and to tr- like you're trying to obviously beat yourself every week. You want to improve or if you're coming back from an injury, you're trying to you know build on on, on what you've done the previous week. And yeah, it's, it's very good for that. And then on on that park run, there's an opportunity you engage with people who come in from the outside. That's right, so yeah. It's a bit of normalisation for half an hour, I'd imagine, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. It's, it's every second week. Um, there's, there's groups running clubs that come in, the apply to come in uh, as a club and come in together. So they'll, they'll come in, they'll be all wearing their club gear and you'll have a yap with them. And I suppose it's a link between here and the community. So when you do go back out into the community, you might get involved in your local running club or do the park run, you meet these people again. You have that structure. Yeah. How many how many days a week are you running? Um, myself, I try to run three days. Do you? Yeah, I, I do the, as I say, do the park run on a Sunday and then try to get two, two in within the week, um, depending obviously on how I'm feeling and, you know, access to the to the treadmill. If there's four lads ahead of you, you kind of have to wait. But, like, yeah. And is it competitive? Yeah, I'd say it is. Um, in a good way though, it's great spirit like, and there's a lot of encouragement and even the people who come in who say, like, this is kind of in a way different to our own local park room because everyone cheers you on sure here is, and, yeah. and it's like okay, yeah. well done come on keep going there's people clapping they say it's, it's, it's weird like for, in a good way you know have you a bit to go in here yeah another maybe two years yeah okay yeah. any other ambitions in terms of beyond the 5k well I don't think it ever uh, marathons I think are something we've not really that interesting but I would definitely do like half marathon 10k things like that absolutely yeah but I think from me I have a family and children, so getting them involved and going to the park run every week and just doing things, it's a, it's a great thing to do together. As well, if it's a social thing, so you feel like you're kind of letting your mates down if you don't turn up. It's it's the same, as I said, a bit of direction it gives. So it's you're not inclined to go out and you're not inclined to do things you shouldn't be doing or whatever if you have that to look forward to every week, you know. And it's good for the head, isn't it, as much as it is physically? Yeah, yeah. I'd, say, I'd say more so for, for the head. Um, Physically, it's great too, but I mean, I think they're both linked. And as you improve physically, you'll improve mentally. And it has a knock-on effect then into other areas of your life too, like into your diet and your the way you eat and kind of things around that. You know, even now in education, if you're only studying, you feel better. You're gonna more likely to study and do things. You're a bit sharper, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Have you got a target in mind with the five k? It's just to beat myself all the time, just yeah. to keep improving. And yeah. I think I'll hit a point where I can't go any faster yeah. because of my physique. I'm not, I'm not an, uh, an athletic physique yeah. if you want. But, uh, You'd be a good triathlete. I hope to get it down to respectable. The RTE Running Podcast. So that's about it for this week. Hope you enjoyed it. Pretty varied in terms of content from the Middle East to Mount Joy Prison. Thank you all for getting in touch. I've had quite a lot of 
questions and queries, so I hope to get some of them next week. One of the things I want to do probably next week, maybe the week after, is have a look at the running material and literature that's out there. So what books have you found useful? What guides have you found useful? If you want to drop me a line and we'll try and include a few of them next week, I'm going to have someone in to talk a bit about what's available out there. So that's coming up next week. You can get me on Instagram. You can get me on Twitter at O'Connell Brian. You can drop me an email, brian.o'connell at rte.ie. Thank you all for listening. If you're getting out running next week, mind yourself on the roads. The RTE Running Podcast with Brian O'Connell.